0: Hello and welcome back to Nomads, you and I. Mark Dunnigan, we got a little bit of deck building going on next door. We'll see if we can pick up some of that accidentally on our microphone today.
1: Yep, always. I mean, that's something here at the beach (laughs) that is, you're always up against the elements. That's true. And replacing dry rot.
0: That's true. So... We have learned to tolerate one another's home improvement projects in this nice neighborhood that we live in. And so we like to always do a little pre-scripture height conversation. And so today we thought just to mix it up, we would pull out a random question. So pick a number mark between 1 and 450.
1: Let's go with number 29.
0: Number 29 is... What is on
1: your bucket list? You know, that's an interesting question because we've been on the road for three years, right? Three full years. Oh, it
0: has been three full years. Yes, because we're past July 21st.
1: Yeah, and we have seen a lot. And so, I don't know, I think that's an interesting question for like, well, what's left? Mm. What's left on the bucket list? Yeah. Grand Tetons are still, Jackson Hole and Grand Tetons are still on the list and things like Glacier National Park. Up north, uh, seeing a few others or trying to hit many of the other national parks. And then I think there's silly little things, but I'd like to go to a place that grows peanuts. Really? And pull the peanuts out of the ground.
0: I did not see that answer coming. Mm-hmm. But that does seem like of everything that you could have said in your bucket list, that seems quite doable. Yes. And I'm kind of feeling maybe, is this going to happen in Georgia?
1: It could be. They, that's where they have the peanut festival.
0: Yeah, but I'm going to say what I've been saying for about three years, Mark, and that is to complete my project, 100 Churches, the book that I'm writing. Right now, I'm waiting for about four different people to give me a call that I want to interview for my last four stories of my book, and hopefully that will be published in the early fall. And so still, i got a month left, Mark. i got an intro to write. I want to write the afterword. And write these last four stories. And hopefully my publisher will be into what I'm sending his way.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right. So do you have a question for me?
1: Ooh. Do I have a question for you?
0: Pick a number one between 1 and 450. Am I
1: picking the number or do you pick the well, number for your own Since question?
0: I'm holding. Oh, I see. You've got the numbers up on your own. Okay. Yep. Well, you pick a random number between 1 and 450.
1: 171. 171. What helps you fall asleep? <laughs> that is so funny because that is such an appropriate question. Why do
0: you say that, Mark Dunnigan?
1: Oh, because it's like, now. Well, careful now I woke up at three in the morning and I couldn't get back to sleep until, <laughs> how many times have we had that conversation?
0: Uh, well, it happened last night. So... Yes, I've been trying all the techniques because this is kind of something that is known as people age that can be a challenge, right, is good sleep. So so what,
1: what are the things that uh, have helped or well, what have I you think tried?
0: A lot of things, I guess, are common knowledge in terms of like if you've had a very physically active day. And you've really challenged your body. I think that can help. Same thing if I've done very mentally exhausting things. So if I think sometimes the trick is that your body and your mind are equally tired. So what's tricky is if your mind is more tired than your body or your body is more tired than your mind. Right. Okay. Yeah. I've not had a ton of success with melatonin. Uh, A little bit leery, too, of getting kind of dependent on it. So I don't even know if that's a thing. But I'm a little leery on leaning too much into anything like that. But... A lot of it for me is going to be like, I'm excited about life and my mind is either solving problems or my mind is excited about a project. So
1: Bella gets up on me and she says, this is going to help, right? You know, she'll get up on my (laughs) hip or my back or whatever. And she says, okay, dad, I'm my little sleeping pill and this will help put you (laughs) in bed.
0: The last thing I'm going to suggest is that, you know, this thing about counting sheep, Mark. I sometimes will meditate on thanking God for his different qualities. So I'll I'll count the qualities of God, but not so much count them, but name them one by one and thank God for the qualities that I appreciate most that compose who he is his characters. The other thing that I do is I pray through the fruits of the spirit. So the other thing that I find helpful to count is just the things that I'm thankful for. So I'll go through and one by one, think about all the ways that God has blessed me. And that helps my mind too.
1: You start praying about all the people that you love and you Thank God for all the great things that have come your way and all the things that have worked out well in life and all the times that you've won, you might say, in life. And yeah, uh, the peace of God that passes understanding is connected with cast all your cares upon him. Philippians chapter four, verses six through eight.
0: All right. So let's jump in then, Mark, to our scripture hike today. And so today we're going to be in 1 John chapter five, and we're beginning with verse 10. And there it says the one who believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He who has the son has the life. He who does not have the son does not have the life. These things I have written to you, who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will for him. give life to those who commit sin not leading to death there is a sin leading to death i do not say that he should make request for this all unrighteousness is sin and there is a sin not leading to death we know that no one who was born of god sins but he who was born of god keeps him and the evil one does not touch him We know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. Mark, what do you think?
1: It starts in verse 10 with that the person that keeps on believing, believes in Jesus, yeah. has the witness in him. And, and, of course, the witness was described in the previous verses, right? The right. testimony that God has given is that Jesus is the Christ. And so the person that believes this has embraced Mm -hmm. Um, that testimony yeah and that testimony has convicted them and that testimony is transforming them
0: yes and that's kind of part of that testimony it's everything that preceded their own obedience to the gospel but also we are each of us eyewitnesses of how transformative the life death and resurrection of christ is in our own
1: lives So the reason I'm a Christian is not because of a feeling. The reason I'm a Christian is because I was confronted with the evidence.
0: Absolutely. With
1: the testimony, and I could not deny the validity of the testimony. But the verse is going to add a very serious aspect of this. The person that does not believe God, that is the person that rejects Jesus as a son of God, is accusing God of lying.
0: Right. It says the one who does not believe God has made him a
1: liar. Yeah, because God has given this testimony Mm -hmm. in Scripture through the miracles, through Uh the resurrection, that Jesus is the Christ. And to say, no, Jesus is not the Christ. Mm. I, I really appreciate this because it's so easy to make unbelief into something not very serious. Like, well, I read I'm the Bible, out. I read the Bible, but it's not doing it for me. Yeah,
0: you know? it's I, I'm good not for you. It. I, I can... It's
1: good for you, but not for me. And John does not allow us to play that game. Mm-hmm john says if you don't believe that jesus is the christ
0: one alternative
1: you are accusing god of being a liar because you're rejecting the witness that he has given
0: yes it goes on to say because he has not believed in the testimony that god has given concerning his son
1: and that testimony includes old testament prophecy miracles his character his teaching his resurrection and his ascension into heaven and whatever other proof that you could toss into that package.
0: goes on to say, and the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal
1: life. And that life is in his Son. And, you know, Jesus would talk about that. I am the way, the truth, the life, John Mm -hmm. chapter 14 and verse 6. Or Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and none other is their salvation. So... John does not say well you know eternal life can be found in all sorts of places and one place it can be found is Jesus right. doesn't allow us to make that argument
0: Uh-huh it's interesting to me Mark the tense of this verse where it says that God has given us eternal life that it's already ours even on this side of physical death
1: Yes, that it would presently be found in like the forgiveness of our sins and the relationship with God and access to God in prayer. Mm -hmm.
0: So a familiar phrase here where it goes on to say, and life is in his son. What have we learned over and over again about this phrase in his son? Well, we've talked often about how in Romans 6 that we must be in his son. And we do that by being baptized into Christ. We also see that in Galatians 3.27, Mark?
1: Absolutely. That's th- That through faith and baptism, we enter into Christ.
0: Well, no under Mark 16.16 16 says, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. All right. So then it goes on to say, he who has the son has the life. He who does not have the son does not have the life.
1: So eternal life is not handed out indiscriminately yeah. or automatically. Mm-hmm. That if you're in the sun and that would mean not only that you've been baptized into Christ, right? Uh-huh. But that you're still faithful. Right. If you're in the sun, you got the life. Yep. If you're not in the sun, it doesn't matter what else you got. Yeah. You may have money, fame, fortune, intelligence, education, talent, influence, reputation, honor, whatever. Yeah. You don't have the sun, you don't have the life, and that there's no substitute for this life.
0: Really, and Christianity is the only place that we could really say this is the life. This is the life. All right, next it says, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God.
1: This is what, oh, it's like the third or fourth time that John says, oh, by the way, here's why I've penned this letter. Right. Uh, You know, early on, I wrote these things to you so you can stay away from sin. Yeah. And then I've wrote these things to you because the people they're trying to lead you astray. Mm-hmm. And right now he says, here's another reason I wrote mm-hmm. so that you may have the confidence to know you're saved. Those of you that continue to believe in Jesus, you do have eternal life. And so some of that would be, don't let the world or the false teachers try to convince you, well, you need something more than Jesus mm. to have the life. Yeah.
0: Yes, and again, we see this importance about the name of the Son of God. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. His name alone is powerful, and this is why even his name must be treated as holy, right?
1: Absolutely. More and, so, and more
0: you hear the name of Jesus Christ used as if it is profanity.
1: And so the name would stand for all that he is. Absolutely. His character and that he is actually the Son of God, that he is what the Bible claims he is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, false teachers try to always get you to question your salvation or undermine your salvation when you're a faithful Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you don't have everything you need or etc. And John says, don't let them move you off this foundation Yes, that you're in Christ, you're obeying Christ, you're loving your brother as you should, you're right with God. Don't let the false teachers convince you that you don't have everything you need.
0: Yes. God wants us to know that we have eternal life. And for the faithful Christian, Mark, I would add this, We need to continue to have faith that he means what he says when he says he has removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. Often you will hear people that are having a hard time forgiving themselves even after they have repented and put behind them their sin. And so... I would just encourage those folks to continue to have faith that God has done what he said he would do, to have faith in the power of the blood of Christ that God said it has to remove our sins and continue to trust everything that he says about his having saved you because there's no comparable peace. I mean, that is an incomparable peace that lies within that kind of knowing. So Mark, it goes on to say, this is the confidence which we have before him.
1: That is because we're in him and that we have been forgiven of our sins, that we have a right relationship with him, that we have presently have eternal life. Well, here's the confidence. We have access to him in prayer. But there's a really important part of this verse, if we ask anything according to his will. And so we're not given a blank check of, well, just ask anything. And even if it's not his will, he'll still grant it. Mm. Rather, the condition of answered prayer is... First of all, is the prayer in line with what the Bible teaches, that we're right. not asking for something sinful or selfish? And how about our behavior? Remember when we did 1 Peter chapter 3? Uh, husbands were told, man, treat your wives in an understanding way, give them honor, or your prayers are going to be hindered.
0: Yes, I love that this is our confidence, which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Because Mark... If that's our confidence, that's going to exclude, I think, about lineage. A lot of people are like, oh, do you know where, you know, do you know what my family tree is? Do you know who you're talking to here? You know, like, it's not our abilities. It's not our intellect or our education or our charm or even our attractiveness. No, (laughs) our confidence is that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us.
1: So, the prayer here involves listening to what God wants, being knowledgeable and in tune with His Word. Yeah. What is His will? Having an attitude of being ready to accomplish His will. Yes. Okay, and also, well, being right with Him. Yeah. Living within His will. Then it says He hears us. Now, hearing us means He's heard the prayer, He's listened, and that the privilege, though, still remains for Him to grant the request in the way that he knows best. And it may include wait, or it may include no, but here's something better.
0: Right. People have even written songs, I think, about thank heaven for unanswered prayers. Yeah, thank God for
1: unanswered prayers.
0: Yes, thank heaven that our requests are filtered through his perfect will. And in this way, Mark, he protects us from ourselves and our uninformed askings, because wow sometimes we do not know what to ask for and my understanding is that the spirit also intercedes for us romans
1: chapter 8
0: yes and so that can also give us much much confidence as we present our requests to God. And so then it goes on to say, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him.
1: That is, we don't have any question about, did he hear that prayer? Did that prayer make it to the throne? Mm -hmm. And so that tells us that if we don't see any movement on what we asked about, it doesn't mean that the prayer didn't make it.
0: Okay, what would be some things, Mark, that the scriptures say would hinder our prayers? What prayers don't make it?
1: Well, first of all, we noticed in 1 Peter chapter 3, man, if we're living in sin and not treating people right, That's going to hinder our prayer. And
0: that was real specific, especially when it was in marriage, In marriage, if the husband was treating his wife,
1: not with respect, not as a fellow heir of the Mm -hmm. grace of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Old Testament even talks about that as well, is that what hinders prayer is, you know, the prayers of the wicked are an abomination. The Mm -hmm. book of Proverbs, not only
0: ignored, but extremely offensive to God.
1: Yeah. And James would talk about, Asking for the wrong motivation. Okay.
0: You're asking selfish motives.
1: Selfish motives. Um, or the other thing that can hinder it is just not asking to begin with. That James talks about. Mm-hmm. You don't have because you don't ask. Then we have the example of the publican and the sinner, where what gets in the way is like arrogance.
0: Right. He's going to show off. He's praying in order to be seen of men.
1: Yeah, that was a problem the Pharisees had. Mm-hmm. Is that they did everything for human approval.
0: All right, next it says, but if anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will for him give life to those who commit sin, not leading to death.
1: So here we have a specific application, right? An illustration of the previous verses.
0: Yeah, I was wondering what the connection was there.
1: Yeah, here we have a specific prayer, uh, a prayer that God answers, and a prayer basically that "Mm, don't be praying about that.
0: I see, okay.
1: So when it says, if any man, that would be if any Christian sees his brother, okay, and this is fair, that God doesn't hold us accountable for things that we don't see and can't know Mm -hmm. because we have limited knowledge. Yeah. So he sees his brother sinning. So a Christian can go back into sin. Absolutely. Good point. And then we have the expression, a sin not unto death Mm. and a sin sin unto death.
0: So all the sins one confesses and repents of, according to 1 John 1 9, are forgiven, right?
1: Yeah. Here the distinction would be, and I think the easiest way to understand this passage would be a sin that does not lead to eternal death is the sin that a person's going to forsake. All right. The sin that does lead to eternal death is the sin that a person says I'm going to keep doing that.
0: Okay. Okay. So these
1: are not categories of sins like of, what about adultery versus murder or whatever? It's, okay. it's not like that. It's rather two basic compartments of someone's in sin, but they want to get out of it. Okay. Okay. You pray for them. Uh-huh. Someone's in sin and they're going like, I'm going to stay in this. You don't pray for that person. That is, you don't pray that God would forgive them.
0: Oh, okay. Before they would repent. and
1: Yeah. God says, no, I don't, I don't forgive people that refuse to give up their sins. Now, when we look at Jesus on the cross, remember when he says, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. That was not... A request for unconditional forgiveness that was more a request for provide an opportunity for them to be forgiven in the future which Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. acts two another chance was given to those same people to correct that yeah when they were told repent be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins but because god never grants unconditional forgiveness no matter what you do we never find that in scripture
0: So again, the verse starts, If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will for him give life to those who commit sin not leading to death.
1: And that would be the sin that a person forsakes, because it doesn't ultimately lead to eternal death, because they end it.
0: All right, then it says there is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should make request for this. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not leading to death.
1: All sin condemns, and all unforgiven sins will condemn. And it's the sin that you refuse to forsake. That is the one that leads to death. Yeah, and I think John even starts with that. John says, if we confess our sins, yeah. he is faithful and righteous. And right. so that's the sin that does not lead to death. And John's already basically defined that in chapter 1, verses 8 and 9.
0: Very good. All right, so it goes on to say, We know that no one who is born of God sins, but he who was born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him.
1: All right, so born of God with me, you're a Christian. Right. Sins there is in the present tense, does not keep on sinning, is not practicing sin Uh like as a lifestyle, Right. isn't habitually engaging in it. And the same truth we noted in chapter 3, verse 6, and also chapter 3, verse 9.
0: And so, Mark, it says that the evil one does not touch him. I'm thinking about 1 John 4, 4, where we talked about recently, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So God is greater, and God is in us. And so the evil one cannot touch us when we are in the favor of God.
1: Yeah, the evil one, obviously, Satan. Touch here does not mean that Satan doesn't try to tempt you etc but i think the idea is that he's not able to grasp you and pull you away from
0: against your will
1: against your will against from christ because earlier it said that the person who's born again keeps himself or is kept yes and not only is god involved in that but the individual believer by remaining faithful and walking in the light And confessing our sins when we do sin, and owning up, and being obedient, and loving our brother, you're actually keeping yourself in Mm -hmm. the love of God at the Mm -hmm. same time.
0: Yes, there's God's part of that, and then there's our own cooperation with God that helps protect us from the evil one. Goes on to say, we know that we are of God and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one.
1: I really like that. Isn't that the
0: truth, Mark Yeah,
1: I really love that because John said, okay, it's clear. We know who we are. That's important that you know who you are.
0: Yes, for sure. We know
1: exactly who we are. We are of God. That's not a feeling that we have. That's just not a guess that we have. Mm -hmm. Both physically
0: And and spiritually, we are of God.
1: And it's not arrogant. It's the confidence that we have because we're a faithful Christian. And also, we're not under any illusions. Mm-hmm. We know that the culture that surrounds us is not our friend. Yep. We know that the whole world is outside of Jesus Christ. And so that way, we properly evaluate and judge anything that comes from the world right. our way. We diligently test and examine any voice that comes our way from the world. Uh huh. And... If it doesn't line up with truth, we reject it, and we don't take our cue from the world.
0: Yes. We take it from Christ. And I think you'll find us a Christian, the darker and darker the world gets, and it is in the fast lane to darkness right now, the less and less that we need to ask the world to entertain us. Or ask the world to give us advice, etc., you know, that we will be turning to God more and more for our times of refreshing and for all that is good in this world.
1: God's creation is not boring. Yeah. And so it's like you're really selling yourself short if you're relying upon the world's entertainment to give some sort of meaning to your life. Mm.
0: It's like the whole world is a garden with fruit that you're, you are allowed to consume. You know, that God has given us so many sources of refreshing ourselves. And if I'm going to listen to it or watch it or hear it or look to something to entertain me, I want it to be in some way it's going to either make me physically stronger It's going to make me intellectually stronger. It's going to make me in some way better. And I think that's a good approach to deciding when I'm done with this, how am I going to be better?
1: Great observation.
0: Next, we have these thoughts. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life.
1: John was up against the Gnostics, and the Gnostics is the whole idea of we know, we know. Mm -hmm. And so the Holy Spirit ends the letter with we know. We know everything we need to know, okay
0: yep. Starting we, with we know that the Son of God has come, like yeah. John one one, the word became flesh and dwelt with us.
1: So that's a direct attack on the Gnostics. God mm-hmm. became flesh. We know he arrived.
0: And he's the one that has given us understanding, right?
1: Yeah. Insight, right? Mm-hmm. And not insight that's only accessible to a supposed elite class. Right. Okay. This is insight among anyone who wants it.
0: Well, and, and it's everything that we need for life and godliness. And and nothing more, second Peter one three.
1: Yeah, and then the way John's going to phrase that is, everything for life and godliness, he's going to phrase it as, you know him that is true. Mm -hmm. That is, you know the ultimate reality, God. And we are actually in a right relationship with that ultimate reality because of his son, Jesus Christ. And then he says, this is the true God. Yeah. And that statement could grammatically refer to Jesus, that Jesus is divine, John 1, verse one
0: well and i like the phrase so that we may know him because really we are to know him as deeply as our bridegroom second corinthians eleven, twelve. you know we are the bride of christ when we are members of the church and so it is an intimate knowledge of him
1: and so eternal life here is connected to as you noted not some philosophical sort of thing yeah it's connected to knowing the true God and actually obeying him and having a good relationship with him it involves staying away from sin yeah it involves what you do with your physical body
0: well and I think about uh, when it says that we may know him who is true my understanding when I read that was that he's loyal he is true He is the one who is true, and that loyalty demands our own loyalty.
1: Yes, and he also always tells us the truth.
0: Mm -hmm. And we are in him, it says, even since our baptism. And of course, that's a point that you've made in this podcast. It's contingent on our continued obedience. Yes. And again, it said, who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God. I mean, that shows the divinity of Christ indisputably.
1: As opposed to all the various man-made gods and false gods out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is not one of many equally valid systems. And it's not like every path out there leads to God, that every religion teaches basically the same thing. No.
0: There is no other. It says, little children, guard yourselves from idols. What are your thoughts?
1: Interesting the way to end such an amazing, great book. Yes. Little children would certainly be an indication of affection and that possibly the writer is older but guard yourselves from idols may suggest that we're writing to a number of christians from a non-jewish background because they would have come from idolatry okay. and yet the word idol doesn't really have to stand for an an image right some a sort physical of image.
0: object yeah
1: It can be simply keep yourselves from all objects of false devotion.
0: Including your own self.
1: Including your own intellect. Including pop culture including your own um,
0: pleasures
1: yeah earthly physical pleasures including money and fame and self
0: promotion and
1: sexual recklessness and educational attainments and technology and all of that an idol is anything which occupies the place due to the true god
0: yeah it's a good thing to ask ourselves every now and again, if Satan was successful in taking you out, what would he have used to draw you away?
1: What's your Achilles heel?
0: What's your Achilles heel? We each have our own special version, and Mark twelve twenty gives us the antidote to that when there Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and with
1: all your strength. It's interesting. The early Christians lived in a world permeated with idolatry. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting. The Holy Spirit doesn't say, well, man, it's all around you. The whole world lies in the evil one. It's on every street corner. There's no way you can stay away from it. That's not the argument. The argument is, yes, it surrounds you. Yeah, it's all over the place. Stay away from it. And that, to me, is a very encouraging positive way for him in the letter you can do this this is not an impossible task
0: yes and the fact that he addresses them again as little children you know really shows their vulnerability and all of us are vulnerable in this world and their needing of direction and i'm so appreciative of the direction that we have been gifted in this amazing book of First John. So Mark, what's next? I was leaning toward the book of James. What do you think?
1: Yeah, a very practical Super book. practical, yeah. Absolutely. I'm in, I'm All right. Sign All right. me
0: up. It looks like Bella who's in your lap and staring at me like, mom, enough is enough. Dad needs to fill the chow bowl.
1: Yes, it looks like that's exactly <laughs> what she's saying.
0: All right, thank you everyone for joining us for this podcast. God bless.